Hey there, this is Jessica Stewart and you're listening to Finding Your Calm with Your Teenager, episode number 27. Anyone out there struggle to remain calm when dealing with your teenager? It's certainly been something that I have struggled with in my parenting journey, so that's what I'm here to help you with. This podcast will give you really practical advice and tips to remain calm when dealing with your teenager, because I truly believe if you can remain calm when doing this, you can remain calm in pretty much any situation. So listen in and enjoy. Hello and welcome. So glad you're here. And today I am talking about why we flip our lids or fly off the handle. And I'm talking about both ourselves as parents or caregivers, as well as our teenagers, and what we can do about it when it happens with us, but also to give us an understanding about why it's more likely to happen with the teenagers and based on the neuroscience and what they're going through in their developmental stage of life. Because I have found that anytime I'm struggling with something, my tendency is to think, what the heck's going on? Like I blame myself. I can be thinking I'm a person who's not normal, like, and I just kind of think everybody else has got it all figured out. And so it's been really helpful to me to understand the neuroscience for a lot of things that I deal with personally and with my parenting journey, and also the neuroscience with regards to just what's happening in the brains of the teenagers. Because a lot of the stuff that we think is abnormal, we just don't understand, we look at them and we think, what the heck is going on with them? It can be explained by neuroscience and biological science. So that's part of what my background is. I kind of think I'm sort of part woo-woo in terms of how I deal with things, but I also like a scientific slant to it because it really helps me understand things so much better. So this idea or just kind of talking about flipping our lids, I read in a book that I would recommend you check out. It's called Brainstorm and it's by Daniel Siegel. And it's a book that kind of could be used for teenagers to read themselves if they're so inclined. If you can get your teenager to read a book that you recommend, tell me how to do it because I haven't been able to do it. But for me, it's been a helpful book for me to look at um, what's going on with the humans and the teenagers. So I want to start off talking about a little story because this is the way I learn best and I can convey messages best, I think is with is with stories. So I'm just going to use an example of from my own life where I flipped my lid, where I lost my cool, where I flew off the handle. Any way you want to term it, um, it's just behaving in a certain way and your emotional reaction and response seems to be out of alignment with the actual situation. So you're acting in a way if, if, as if something majorly wrong has gone on and you kind of just lose your, uh, you, you lose it, I guess you could say. You lose your cool and you end up feeling worse afterwards 
in the moment you feel like there's no choice at all. That's, that's just what the situation called for. But then after you're like, whoa, that response was way out of alignment with what was actually happening. So this happened for me when I was, I think I had listened to a podcast about a certain influencer who a lot of young men, a lot of young boys had been following on YouTube. And I was just hearing a lot of really bad things about this YouTuber, or I don't know if it was a podcaster. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Somebody who was an influencer. And I ended up asking my son about him and he's like, oh yeah, I know who that is. And I listened to him and I agree with a lot of his ideas. And the podcast, of course, was talking about how influential he was in a bad way. So I just really got so upset and angry almost immediately. And I started yelling about how I couldn't believe that he listened to this person. And I was really over the top with my reaction and response. And this caused my son to, of course, yell back and kind of mirror what I was doing and basically want to be done with the interaction. So that kind of thing is what ends up with me looking back at it and thinking, whoa, that was, I was a bit much there. And so what really happened was, is to understand is that we have about 60,000 thoughts that go through our brains a day and some we're not fully aware of. But at the time that this happened, I believed that my son was in genuine danger because he was listening to this person. So my brain had already fast forwarded to the fact that he was going to end up following this person all the way into the depths of the, of despair. And so what's happening in our brains during this time is, is actually our ancient reaction, like that it's our primal brain that is wired and our nervous system that is wired for actually to help us in emergencies. So if, I don't know if you've heard of the sympathetic response and the parasympathetic response, but when we uh, get into fight, flight, freeze mode, that kicks in and our, our bodies respond in this way or react in this way, but they don't really know that there's not actually something life-threatening happening. So if it, and it can happen so quickly. So our minds can sort of send this message to our, our bodies and, and other areas of our brain. That's way more complex that I'm going to get into here, but that we are literally in danger. So then we respond in this way as if we're in complete danger. And if you think about it, we need this. So say, for example, you need to get out of a dangerous situation. You have, uh, I don't know, a wild animal chasing you. You have somebody chasing after you with a gun. So something like that, you can see how it is helpful to have this response. But it was not helpful to me in the situation that I was in. And then the other thing that happens is when we get into this fight, flight, freeze mode, we kind of go offline with sort of our rational thinking brain. We're completely ruled by the automatic responses, like our, our gut reactions to everything. And then we just, it's just react, 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 instead of having some calm, rash, rational thoughts about it. So the part of our brain that's able to 
maintain rational thought is called the prefrontal cortex. And this is the thinking planning part of our brain that can actually kind of kick in and tell us we are actually safe. Nothing has happened here that is putting us in immediate harm. And the reasons that the prefrontal cortex cannot kind of be more evident in these situations can be for many reasons. Uh, A lot of them, it's like, we may be tired, we may be hungry, uh, we may have had a bad day at work, and we're just sort of not able to hold on to that good wisdom thinking that the prefrontal cortex can give us. So that's what can happen with us. And the other interesting and helpful thing to know is that in teenagers, when their brains in adolescence with their brains, they're going through kind of a remodeling process and their prefrontal cortex is not really fully developed. And so this rational brain can be offline more often and it can cause them to kind of so-called flip their lids more often and just you, they do things that you think, what that, where did their brain go? Did their brain actually fall out of their heads? Like that is how we can see it, but it's actually a biological process that can make a lot of sense. It doesn't make it easy to deal with or manage in the situation, but it can give you some compassion to know that this is a normal thing that can happen. And us to, for us to stay calm in these situations is going to make it go that much better. So when I give this information to you, I think it's always the most useful because we can't change ultimately the reactions and the responses of our, our teenagers. Like they are, we are going to do something, they are going to react or respond or feel a certain way about it. And we don't have a lot of control there where we do have the control is how our reactions and responses are. So that is always, I think, such a powerful place to begin because we can there's so much we can do with ourselves if we're willing to look at our own uh, responses. So always start with yourself. Know what's happening with your teenager, but work with it within yourself. So here's what I'll offer. If you have flipped your lid or flew off the handle lately, then I would invite you just to revisit what happened and make sure you do it with curiosity and not with judgment. You may feel bad about it. You may feel upset with yourself, angry. Uh, You may feel frustrated with yourself, frustrated with your teenager, frustrated with the whole situation. So allow that feeling to be there too. And, and, And that's understandable as well. But if you can try with as much curiosity as you can to look at what emotion came up in you so fast that you couldn't almost catch it. Like it was just out there before you had a chance and it was just, it, you just felt like you needed to get that out. And sometimes it really helps just to name that emotion. So you can look at it and say, oh, that was anger or 
that was fear. Most often for me, what comes up with my kids, my teenagers is it is a lot of fear about what's going to happen in the future if I don't fix this situation right now. So for me, it's fear. For my husband, I would say it would be more anger. And awareness goes so far in allowing us to learn from the situations and also have compassion for ourselves as human beings. And so when we are curious about those emotions and what they come up and what we were thinking that caused them to come up or why we were afraid in that situation, we can actually kind of say to ourselves, oh, I see what happened there. I was, I was scared that my son was going to end up watching all these videos and, and being um, tra- uh, changed into a different human being and following different things that I don't want him to follow. And, but at that moment in time, my son was not in any danger. And what actually he was doing, it, uh, how I reacted wasn't kind of acting in accordance with how he was behaving in that moment. He was just actually having a conversation about what what he was watching. And I could have had a conversation and got curious then and asked him more, but I didn't. So when you revisit it with compassion and with non-judgment and with curiosity, then what you will find is that the time or it will become easier to catch these moments and you will move the timeline back with each of these situations that come up if you become aware of them. So my suggestion to you is start to just, if you're having these moments when you're flipping your lid or flying off the handle, first start to revisit them, like I said, but then you'll notice that you'll be able to move that pause button back a bit. So it's almost as if you're watching yourself in a movie. So just imagine that scene playing out and you first, you're kind of hitting pause after the fact or when the movie is over and the big drama has happened. But then the next time you're hitting pause, maybe midway through the big yelling thing, you, you all of a sudden realize, whoa, I'm doing this again. I didn't want to do this. And then you kind of look back at it again. And the next time you can hit pause before the scene takes off in that direction of you in a yelling match with your teenager. And you pause the action right there. And there's the chance to make the scene go in a different direction. So that pause button can actually move back with time. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen overnight. But the other tool I will offer you is that if you notice yourself feeling this way and you can name that emotion that's coming up, if you can actually recognize it uh, bubbling up in you. So I can actually like feel fear rising. You feel where it is. You can feel it maybe is in your chest or it's in your neck, wherever it is. If you can describe where it is in your body, you can recognize when it's coming up again and you can bring yourself back to your body in that moment by using your breath. And I know this sounds very simplistic and 
It is, but it's also very powerful and effective because your breath is something that can remind you to focus back in on how you're feeling instead of going off into that other space. So taking a few deep breaths can give you a chance to calm down and can also make you realize that you don't have to, if this, if this isn't an actual emergency or dangerous situation, you can realize, no, I can breathe before I react. It's almost like giving yourself a time out or we'll call it a time in. And that's from the book too, Brainstorm. He, instead of, he talks about taking time in where you reflect on your inner life and what's happening with you. So sometimes we like to give timeouts to children, but I think a lot of times parents should give timeouts to themselves to just take a moment and react and respond when they are in a more calm frame of mind. And just you being in a calm frame of mind can actually allow for the emotions of the people around you to be regulated as well. If you are talking to somebody who's remaining calm, it's much easier to remain calm. If you are talking to somebody who's escalating in their like in, in their excitement in one way, or if they're escalating in their fear or their anxiety, and you can feel that, I know for me, it takes a lot of energy to keep myself calm in those situations. But if I'm around somebody who is calm themselves, then I can also maintain my sense of calm. And it's the same way with, with teenagers. If we can learn to regulate our emotions, then they will have better emotional regulation. Now, another thing I will add to this is, uh, what I talked about in last week's episode about building connection. And that is when we flip our lids or fly off the handle with our teenager the repair part of this or going back to them and saying to them, I didn't respond in the way I wanted to in that moment, builds connection with them in such a huge way because it shows them that you're thinking about how you responded to that situation and them seeing it from you allows them to have a lot more compassion for you. It makes them more willing to come back when they've reacted and responded in a, in a scenario that they didn't want to, and they've seen you model that for them. So that's a huge connection builder. And I have found when I go back with my sons and, and have apologized for things and re, uh, apologized for ways that I reacted that I didn't want to, that they're kind of they're just like, yeah, no, I get it. I, I get it. Don't worry about it. And like, they, it's very, very quick to forgive me. And I think, wow, you're really <laughs> quick to, to just forget about that or, or forgive me for that. So, and that's just, that's who they are. That's not something I don't think that I did or anything. I'm not saying that, but just, it is a very powerful tool to go back and further build that connection. So just start with yourself, start reflecting on these situations that happen with you that cause you to flip your lid and be just so kind with yourself as you look at this and it will help improve your relationship so much with yourself because you will also understand your own emotional landscape better 
and will improve your relationship with your child or with your teenager. So I really hope that this was helpful and I would invite you if you found this episode useful to uh, rate it and also to share it with anybody else who you might think may find it helpful. And I will be back next week with another episode. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. I have something to offer you. And that is a video that I have made to help if you've ever lost it on your teenager. And I made this video because I think this is something that we all struggle with as parents or caregivers of teenagers. We all struggle with it as parents or caregivers of children of any age, really. And I made the video to explain why we do this, what to do if it's happened to you, and just to give you some support with this situation and release the shame and blame of it all. And I hope that you find it so helpful. So how do you get it? If you go to the show notes of the podcast and click the link that says grab your free video here, it will take you to a page to sign up and the the video will be delivered straight to your inbox. So I hope you enjoy it and have a great day.